Hey friends, guess what? We are only two episodes away from reaching the 100th episode on the Habits and Home Show. I want to invite you to tune in next Wednesday, a week from today for the 100th episode. There will be a special announcement and I don't want you to miss it. It's going to be a good one. All right, so I have a question for you. Are you a sentimental mama who keeps a lot of your child's drawings, handprints, first outfits, handwriting samples, and so on. Don't worry, I am not going to convince you to not be a sentimental person anymore and throw all those things away. I'm not going to do that. I'm actually going to help you organize it all because I bet you have all of those precious sentimental items hidden or maybe just laying out in random places all over your house. Your ears are probably perked up by now because I, I'm probably speaking directly to you. And the mess you're struggling over with all of those sentimental items laying around your home. You're probably drowning in these sentimental items and you really don't want to get rid of them because they're precious to you. Well, on today's show, I want to help you get all of those childhood sentimental items decluttered, sorted, and organized in a way that you can keep on enjoying those priceless items without them becoming clutter in your home. Now, if you are someone who is more sentimental and you find sorting through and decluttering sentimental items on your own to be extremely difficult, let me tell you that you don't have to do it alone anymore. I offer online decluttering sessions to help gently guide you through the process of being able to let go of what's not as important to you so that you can highlight what is important in your home. Some of you may only need my four-week coaching package, while others of you may want to go a little bit slower, take your time, and go a little bit deeper with my 12-week program. If you'd like to chat about how we can work together, email me, lisa at habitsandhome.com to grab a free 15-minute consultation with me. I would love to chat with you and get to know your story and how you want to wrangle in all the clutter that's surrounding you and create a more simple and peaceful home. All right, so now for today's training on three tips for creating childhood sentimental boxes for a clutter-free home. Hi, and welcome to the Habits and Home Show. I'm your host, Lisa Lazat, and I help busy moms bring order to their homes by downsizing and decluttering and ditching old habits in exchange for systems that bring peace and more enjoyment to their lives. We have too much stuff, not enough space or time, and lack the motivation to get our life together. We need simplified solutions to tame the chaos around us and be available, both mind and body, to experience all the joy that life has to offer. Are you ready, friend? Let's get started. I'm not sure if I have shared with you before, but I grew up in a home where my mom was a very sentimental person. She saved probably every one of my childhood toys, 
Not so much my brothers because I was the only girl and the baby after six years of not being able to get pregnant. And I had a nine-year-old, nine-year-old brother when I was born and a six-year-old brother. And she actually, this was a cool story. She actually went in to have a hysterectomy and found out she was pregnant with me. (laughs) She had a lot of health issues. Um, before I was born and even after I was born. And I think because of going through all of that and finally getting a daughter, she was you know, the only woman in the house and she also didn't have a great relationship with my dad. I think that she just held on to a lot of my stuff because I was her pride and joy. There was a little bit of an unhealthy relationship, a codependent relationship there as well that I have had to work through as an adult. Um, she very much idolized, idolized me. And by doing so, she saved a lot of my childhood toys, a lot of my childhood things. And so growing up, I just remember going into her bedroom and her always having boxes. She wasn't a hoarder by any means. She was a very organized person our house was clean it was tidy it was very it wasn't minimal but I I, I'm an 80s kid and so I grew up in the 80s and 90s where your parents had (laughs) knickknacks I'm not sure if y'all have knickknacks I am not I think because I went through that and my mom was a knickknack person and I always remember moving the knickknacks around to dust (laughs) it just kind of cured me of ever wanting knickknacks she liked owls and so when somebody finds out that you like something like an owl they always get you some kind of owl figurine (laughs) i know that when i was younger it was unicorns like i had this thing with unicorns at one point and so every birthday every holiday i ended up getting unicorns and then i had a thing with angels i'm probably probably every person born in like the 70s 80s had a thing for angels at one point and unicorns (laughs) And not like the kind of unicorns nowadays that they're more modern and they like fart out rainbows. (laughs) I'm talking about like, you know, just those those statue-esque figurines and you had the wall posters and maybe even the the blanket on your bed. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm so glad that we are out of that air of having knickknacks. I mean, I don't know. I just don't have knickknacks in my house. There might be some people out there that still do knickknacks. Anywho, I just remember being in, seeing in her bedroom, she always had these boxes, almost like banker boxes. They weren't really like Tupperware boxes. I don't even know if they had big Tupperware boxes back in the day, but then eventually she did in my teen years get Tupperware boxes or the Rubbermaid boxes, I should say. And I just always remember her like in her bedroom having the wall, like one side of the bedroom lined with these boxes of our childhood things, not only mine, but my brother's as well, but more so mine. And just every, every spelling test that came home and every um, book report that I did and just so much, so much. And I remember um, finding all of that when she passed, my, both of my parents, I'm not sure if I've shared my story on this podcast, I've actually shared it on another podcast before, and I will link that in the show notes if you want to listen. But I remember when both my parents passed in the same year, within six months, and then me being pregnant in that time and having my third child, I remember seeing those boxes and having to take them home, and it wasn't like... 
it was just burdensome to have these these items now. I mean, yeah, it was nice for her to hang on to these things, but now I was responsible for weeding out stuff that should have been weeded out a long time ago. And I had to decide what I wanted to keep. What did I what did I want my kids to actually see and for me to share with them? And the things that were supposed to be precious to me were now a burden because there was too much of it. And it, I was very thankful that she had it somewhat organized though in these boxes. And so that has brought me to where I am today and deciding what I actually want to keep of my kids' sentimental things so that they can enjoy it now and then also enjoy it later when they want to go through their sentimental boxes as adults. So that has brought me to this discussion today because I, I work with several clients, whether in person or online through virtual decluttering sessions, where we talk about those childhood sentimental items that their kids bring home from school, or they create, or they paint, or draw, or whatever. And I'm having to coach clients through the process of weeding out, deciding what is most important, what's, you know, you need to hang on to. Because some people, some clients struggle with that if they throw it away, that they're gonna regret it, or that they are gonna hurt their kids' feelings, or their kids are gonna see it, and they think that their kids are gonna think that they're, you know, they don't like them or like what they created. And so I wanna share with you some tips. Now, there are, there's probably gonna be another episode on this very topic of talking about sentimental items and how to actually declutter them. But today, I mainly wanna focus on how to organize, okay? I know we're kind of working our way backwards. I should be probably starting with decluttering those items first, but I, I'm in the process right now of helping clients organize. And so I just wanna get you kind of a picture of where we're going so that when you do go into my DIY Simplify Your Home courses or you do one-on-one -on -one coaching with me that you understand where I want to get you to. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna backtrack a little bit when we jump in the courses and we jump in our one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I wanna give you a vision of what you could achieve and why you would want to declutter to be able to get to that point. Okay, so sentimental boxes. Why would we want to create sentimental boxes? Well, first of all, let me tell you what sentimental, sentimental boxes are. They're designated boxes, probably like Rubbermaid or some kind of Tupperware boxes, huge, not huge you know, you decide on how big. Mine are actually, you know, the ones that are pretty deep. Mine is probably a third or half the size of the really deep ones. And I thought about when my kids become adults, how much are they really going to want to go through? Okay. I want you to think about this. Items that are rare are more valuable. I actually, from my childhood, my mom saved papers more so than, she did save my toys, but as I was a teenager, I learned to, you know, go ahead and get rid of those toys, the stuffed animals, and, but she still held on to my, my school papers, and so that's mainly what I, what I got rid of when I got those boxes, but a couple of the items were very rare in those boxes, which were two little dresses from when I was like one and two years old. And they were so precious to me because there's not so much of those sentimental items. It's very rare. I want you to think about diamonds. 
Why are diamonds so expensive? Why are they so valuable? Because they are rare. I want you to think about the diamonds that you're going to one day pass on to your children with their stuff from their childhood. Are they going to be overwhelmed with how much you saved? Or are they going to think anything that you saved, because there's not a lot of it, is going to be so much more valuable? They're going to love it so much more. They're going to treasure it so much more. I always think about children back in like the Great Depression days. And they didn't, they couldn't travel with much when they were moving. And so think about like, paint this picture in your head of this child, this little girl. And she had this one doll. And because she only had one doll, she played with that doll every single day. She loved that doll. She bathed that doll. She brushed her hair. And because she only had one, she paid all of that attention, all that focus to that one doll. And so when we give our kids so much, they they lose focus of that one precious toy that they have. And they 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 end up taking for granted what they have. And I, I do this myself as an adult because I have so much, I take it for granted what I do have. So I want to bring this awareness to you that when you have less, things become much more valuable because they are rare. Okay. All right. So let's move into so now you know what we're what we're doing. We're creating sentimental boxes, boxes that we can one day pass off to our kids when they become, I, I'm going to give these boxes to my kids when they become parents, because in those early, you know, adolescent years or teen years in their 20s, when they're not married, it's not as important, but when they become parents and they want to see what they were like as a child and what they had when they were children, it just means so much more to them. I mean, if my mom was alive, I would love to ask her, hey mom, what was it like when I was a child? How did you discipline me? Like, what was I like? What did I like to do? And so I feel like giving your kids these sentimental boxes is going to give them a glimpse of what they were like as children, okay? So think about, okay, so we're gonna go into step one. Step one is to decide on an appropriate size box for your sentimental box. I I really want to encourage you to just limit it to one box. If you have a lot of stuff, you're going to have to do some decluttering, okay? Remember, you are wanting to create value. You want to create rareness for your children. You don't want to overwhelm them one day. You might be overwhelmed with the clutter that you have, and you might think, oh, well, I'm just going to pass this clutter off to your kids. Why would you want to do that? You want to create and instill good habits in them now and when they become parents. And so you don't want to just pass off your clutter onto them just because you are afraid to deal with the hardship of letting it go now. Don't do that to them. Go ahead. I feel like what I'm doing now is I am ripping off the Band-Aid for myself and just like facing the pain, facing the heartache of letting things go so that one day my kids don't have to struggle as much. There was a lot of things that my mom held on to, like her, all her yearbooks and I, I, I can't remember now because it's been years since I've let those things go. But I, I carry, I, we traveled around with them for years. 
I moved from home to home, having these things didn't really matter to me, but just because it was my mom's, I felt like I had to hold on to it. And I felt like I was disappointing her or letting her down or telling her that what she kept wasn't as important because she held on to it. And because if I'm going to let it go, it's not as important, but that's not the case. Okay. So first of all, decide on appropriate size box. Like I said, I our, the box that I chose is half the size of one of those deep Rubbermaid boxes. And I feel like that's appropriate for my kids. They actually go through them every birthday and or around their birthday time. And they love looking through the minimal amount of stuff that I held on, to, on for them. Okay, so choose an appropriate size box. All right, number two, decide what earns its place inside the box. You don't want to hang on to every single thing. Because like I said, it, it, it brings down the value of what you do hang on to. And you, just imagine, just imagine one day your, your child is an adult and they're opening up their box and they're, they're maybe sitting around with their brothers and sisters and they're all opening up their boxes and they're pulling out these, these cute little drawings that actually made their way into the box. <laughs> and just imagine all of the memories and all of the conversations that happen and all of the laughter that happens because of that. You have the chance to create that opportunity and that memory for them. So I want you to think about when your kids are sitting around as adults, don't just think about it now when they're like three, four, five years old, or even 10 or in their teens right now. I want you to think about when your adult child is opening up their memory box after they become a parent. What would be so exciting for them to see? Would it be all of their their essays that they ever wrote? No, but maybe like one or two really good ones. Maybe a handprint. You don't have to save every single handprint, okay? Maybe they did one as a baby, one as a two-year-old, one as a five-year-old. That is enough. It's okay. You're not going to forget their little handprint just because you don't save all 20,000 of them. Just because they put their hand on something does not mean that you have to save it. Also, just because they wrote their name on something and put a date on it, you don't have to save that either, okay? Just save a couple of things from each year that shows their progression, that shows how they changed, maybe their handwriting, maybe a, a sweet toy that they loved at a certain age. Now, if they love a million toys, that's not going to be as exciting when they become an adult and they're looking back and they're like, oh yeah, I was a little hoarder myself, <laughs> you know, but if they have like that one, my daughter, we, we like to pick on her because she had two sentimental items. All my kids had sentimental baby items and your, your kids probably had them too, but it was called Lamb Lamb and Baba. Lamb Lamb was a lamb stuffed animal, a pink one, and Baba was her, her blanket, <laughs> And she could not go to sleep. And one day she outgrew her baba. And I remember her pulling up to her chin and her toes stuck out. And she would just be so mad at us. And she would just be so frustrated. <laughs> and I love being able to tell her that story. So I want you to choose items that have a story, that have a memory, that when your ch children are sitting around, you can talk about those items and it reminds you of those stories and it's not overwhelming by the amount of stuff that you keep in that box. So choose wisely what goes in the box and decide what earns its place inside that box. 
Number three, when you are creating your, your sentimental boxes, I want you to think about this. Decide where the box will be stored for easy access. I do not recommend putting it in your attic until your kids are adults. You want this sentimental box to be easily accessible throughout your child's childhood. You want to be able to add things to it along and along. You want to be able to pull it down and evaluate and maybe take out some things that were less sentimental or less sentimental now, but they weren't at the time. But now you are further along in your journey and you're like, oh, that's not as important as it was five years ago. And you also want to store it in a place where your kids can enjoy it now. Like I said, my kids, they're, remember back in the day when people did paper scrapbooking? (laughs) After my third child, he didn't get, he didn't get a paper scrapbook. (laughs) And I had intentions of doing a virtual scrapbook for him. That never happened either. (laughs) Oh, those third children. (laughs) Anyway, um, so you want to store it in a place where you can enjoy it now and your kids can enjoy it. And you're teaching them, okay, okay what are we putting in that box oh it's got to be something that's special that is that's you know that's that has a memory or that has a story you don't want them you don't want you want to train them now and this is really good training for them it's showing them that they don't have to hold on to everything that they're not losing their memories once a piece of paper gets thrown away that you can enjoy something temporarily and let it go but it has still impacted your life, taking the impact along with you and letting the item go. Okay, so I wanna encourage you to go to the store if you haven't already, and I want you to buy a sentimental box for each of your kids. And I want you to designate a time where you're gonna gather up all of the sentimental papers and doodads and items all throughout the house that are laying everywhere in all the random drawers. And I want you to group them together per child, I want you to declutter them and sort them, decide what earns its place inside the sentimental box, and then I want you to put them in a place where your kids and yourself can enjoy them on an ongoing basis. And so once something comes in that you think is necessary to keep and put into the sentimental box, that's where you put it. Give every place in your home a designated spot to live and you will stay much more organized. Also, if you want to see some ways that I create sentimental boxes for my clients, for myself, I have put a couple of examples on the blog post. So go over to habitsandhome.com and check out the blog. While you are over there, you can grab my free daily checklist for how to reset your home on a daily basis. And if you want to get organized and declutter with me, let's chat. Let's hop on a free 15 minute consultation. You can email me lisa at habitsandhome.com. All right, friends, I cannot wait to chat with you on a Friday. And I will see you right here next time on the Habits and Home Show.